Most Canadians have not experienced a catastrophic earthquake. Thus, it can be difficult for us to get a sense of the enormity of what has happened and is still happening in Turkey, Syria. This is part of an article written uh, just a few days ago by our next guest, putting the enormity of the Turkey-Syria earthquake in context. Subheader, magnitude is not all that matters. So does population density. The article written by our good friend, Alex Vesna, who was the CEO of Prepared Corporation and also a professor of disaster and emergency management at York University in Toronto. Alex, good morning. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Good morning. Happy to be back. We had a, a conversation a week or so ago, Alex, with a woman named Nancy in Aleppo, Syria. Uh, she was talking to us about what was going on around her. And I said, Nancy, what do you need? What, what, what's the most urgent and pressing need? And she said, absolutely everything. We have nothing. And I've, sub- I've headed this particular conversation, Alex, the incomprehensible damage of earthquakes. We have no sense of it here in Canada, do we? Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, oh, okay. There are some people in Canada who actually have lived in countries that have had earthquakes and have come here. Like uh, Canada has the second largest Haitian population outside of Haiti. So when, whenever Haiti gets a catastrophic earthquake, we take in more refugees as a percentage than anywhere else in the world. So okay. We, we, Canada, parts of Canada definitely have a sense of earthquakes because there are people who survived them. Well, we here uh, on, on the West Coast, literally, uh, we live through earthquakes on a, on a weekly or certainly monthly basis. You get the odd dish rattler, Alex, but mostly yeah, they're like something you wake up in the morning and somebody, well, there was an earthquake off the uh, off Haida Gwaii last night. You go, oh, really? Uh, and it measures a 3.1 or whatever, and it's just, but you, it just goes by. You don't notice it. I can give you a um, uh, sort of a rundown of what a 3.1 is versus a, a like a 7 is. Okay, because it was 7 plus uh, over in Turkey, Syria, yeah. right? So some t- um, in the article, I, I use a comparison using speed with kilometers and cars, because I think that people get how fast a car goes, and that kind of makes sense. Um, but uh, earthquakes are sometimes also compared to uh, tons of TNT explosive or equivalent Hiroshima bombs. Right. So for that example, uh, a three is probably uh, less than or about, it'd be less than one ton of TNT. Um, A seven would be uh, 475,000 tons of TNT Mm. or 38 Hiroshima bombs. Um, And an eight would be about 15 million tons of TNT or 1,200 Hiroshima bombs. Uh, so, and this isn't doesn't include nuclear fallout, et cetera. This is talking about just the energy release. But mm-hmm. you're talking about an energy release um, equal to somewhere between 38 and 1,200. It's a logarithmic scale. Um, nuclear bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima in World War II. Like, it's a lot of energy. Sure. And also, it, yeah. you're, you're talking about a part of the world, and it's already starting to happen in Turkey. And I don't know about Syria because it's a much different political, geopolitical scenario. But in Turkey, they're already going after builders, contractors, and developers, Alex, who cut corners uh, when they made a lot of those buildings in recent years. And, and of course, the substandard, by Canadian standards, of construction over there did not help at all when that kind of energy force was released at all, did it? No, um, and actually, uh, building codes are, are pretty big when it comes to earthquakes, and um, there's a, there's a lot of angles to this. There's a lot of aspects to an earthquake. They're, they're actually the the what happens is fairly straightforward, but the way all the damage occurs is actually a bit complex. The uh, Canadian building codes are some of the best in the world. Yes, uh, it's one of the things that we should be actually quite proud of. 
Um, in a lot of these earthquake zones, uh, what, what, one way to tell um, how building codes stand up, and this is going to sound kind of dark, but it's, 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 it's one of the tests that we effectively do, um, look at every embassy in the country and see how well they fare. Mm. Um, you'll find the Canadian embassy in some of these massive earthquakes, the glass doesn't even break. Like, it's, it, the building codes matter a lot. Um, and the Turkish government also has a disaster tax, which they put in place for a disaster management. Mm-hmm. They put in place, um, I think, over 10 years ago, uh, because of a previous massive earthquake. So the, the entire citizen, citizenry was paying a special tax right. to deal with things like this, in addition to the building codes. So um, what we'll probably see more so when once people have kind of um, collected their, their dead is the anger will start for, wait a minute, weren't we paying for this already? Right. Um, there's many different angles where people are going to be very, very, very mad, which I don't think people should focus on too much right now because they're, they're still focusing on trying to get people out of there. People can live for quite some time under rubble. Um, but, you know, later on in this, it's, there's going to be sections of this where people get very, very, very angry. So let's talk a little bit about the fact that, as you mentioned, there are still rescue. I mean, it's been nine or ten days, and you're still seeing incidents on a daily basis of humans being pulled from the, the rubble and, and having survived. Little kids and uh, quite an astonishing capacity, tolerance, human tolerance for survival, Alex. Yeah, I, I, I forgot the longest recorded. I, I, I used to know this. Uh, I think there have been people that it, it, obviously your chances of survival go down constantly. Sure. Uh, the longer it's been. But there's been people who survived up to, uh, I think, two weeks um, under rubble. Uh, the, what, not, every, not all rubble is the same, uh, and not all conditions of all people are the same. So th- it is possible, which is why you know, pe- we don't just say, okay, it's a, re- it's a recovery mission now, uh, everybody's dead, and then just throw your hands up in the air. Like, that doesn't really happen. They just keep trying to find people on the chance there's somebody there for quite some time, more than most people would realize. But one thing, and this is going to get kind of dark, one thing I want people to um, kind of just realize is whatever the death toll number is now, there was approximately, I think it was 15 million at least affected, and that doesn't even count the refugees from Syria, and there's only 45,000 dead with still many people need to be found, and right. they haven't added on the we-didn't-find-them number. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty normal for things of this size to double, triple, whatever the death number was. Once it just becomes a recovery mission, they just tack the number on. Aid so, is also a problem, too, here, Alex. Again, with the, the difference between Turkey, as you mentioned in your article, a NATO country, therefore able to access considerably more international aid than Syria, particularly northern Syria, which is a war zone. There are re- rebel groups in northern Syria that have been fighting against the uh, Bashar al-Assad government for years. And so getting any aid to that part of the world is very difficult. Yeah, uh, the with earthquakes in general, um, there there's often a lot of uh, there, there can be uh, aid issues. Um, for an example, like this isn't just unique to this situation either. Uh, with Haiti, there was only uh, we could only basically land two. Uh, I'm talking about the 2010 earthquake. Mm-hmm. You could only land like two earthquakes at once or two uh, airplanes at once, um, and everyone was sending aid. So there was problems with there just not being enough airports. Uh, in this is, instance, there's NATO country versus. Um, war-torn country, yeah, aid problems are always an issue. Uh, The other thing I want to have people think about, though, is it's not just about the difficulty of aid because of those regions. About two weeks after uh, this disaster is quote-unquote over, um, everyone's going to forget about it, uh, the news isn't going to report on it, 
and the aid is going to stop flowing. Mm -hmm. And with a disaster like this, you need the aid to flow long-term because of the way the recovery effort works. And that's just the way the news cycle works with disasters, especially if the disaster didn't happen to your country. So we've already started to see the news around Turkey um, and Syria uh, peter off. But within by mid-March, no one's going to care, which is a problem because there's still going to be a lot of dead people. And there's still going to be a lot of people trying to put their lives together that have nothing because it's like their house was just obliterated by a bomb. Right. Um, and there's going to be no aid flowing because there's going to be something else that happens somewhere else that everybody's focused on. And this happens with every disaster. With COVID, we've basically forgotten that it exists, by and large, socially, and in most of the world. And, I mean, that was around for years, and it still is around. Right? So, sure. So disasters are always like this. It's, I mean, I'm not trying to make people feel bad, but, like, the reality is that they're still going to need something. Well, we can, the, best, the best we can do, and we've done it on this program several times already, is point to an aid relief agency, the humanitariancoalition.ca, is a great place for anyone who is interested, and we hope that certainly many Canadians, and we're quite notoriously generous, uh, humanitariancoalition.ca, Alex, is the place where Canadians can be of incredible use to the relief efforts in Syria, Turkey. Uh, it's a great column in the Sun newspaper group, putting the enormous of the Turkey-Syria earthquake in context. A really good read. Alex Vesna from Prepared Corporation and York University. Always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for this, and thanks for a great article, too. Uh, always a pleasure. Happy to be here.